0: Okay, here we go. Uh, hello, everybody. Um, this is a pre-recorded, non-streamed event uh, hosted by 84 Million. I'm Kyle, and I'm uh, thrilled to have Mr. David Burkett with us today. Um, what do we say about David? Well, he is the shadowy super coder, self-described on Twitter and possibly elsewhere. I know he's he's in other areas of the internet and the code groups that I don't read, um, but he's a pro-libertarian pro-sound money, pro-privacy um, advocate who's who's who was responsible for the code, which was the largest upgrade in Litecoin history. I think that's a correct statement, and that happened almost one year ago, last May, I want to say. So anyway, David, um, welcome to the show. Um, just kind of before we start talking, I've got a bunch of questions that we may or may not get to. I hope we can, um, but we'll see how our time permits, but... Um, Anyway, let's start with some frivolity. What's your favorite author?
1: Favorite author? Um, <laughs> oh, I wasn't expecting that. All right, so I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I really have one. So, like, I, I mostly read nonfiction anymore. Back in my fiction days, I really liked the, the mysteries, the the Dan Brown types, and those sorts of things. But um, you know, when it comes to nonfiction, it's, you don't really usually have a favorite author. Um, Indeed, but well, yeah. Not, not a time
0: I just had to make sure it wasn't um, the Harry Potter uh, series.
1: No, no, I was t- not into any of the famous stuff. Like none okay. of the like none of the things that everyone else was addicted to when we were young. Never, yeah, never did none thing. of those like four thousand page novels or anything. I had a childhood, so That's I good. I didn't read all of that. That's, I don't know
0: if it's good that you didn't read. But it, well, but I read. It, I, read <laughs> I
1: read. But, then, you know, I, I read one or 200-page little things. I did not sit there for hours in that end with a, with a gigantic encyclopedia.
0: Understood. Well, the good news is you're a linguist, at least to some degree, seeing that you're a coder. So uh, I think you're highly competent with language. Um, I just had, to, for everybody watching, I had to throw the, uh, and I know most of you are going to be Litecoiners, but I'm going to pretend like I don't know much about Litecoin today just for the sake that we can talk to David. Um, and by the way, he, he's much more involved than I ever will be. Um, <laughs> but either way, I, Mimble Wimble is the upgrade which we're going to talk about, and that's a term that actually came from Harry Potter, so I had to see if J.K. Rowling was on the radar um, in your favorite authors. Um, let's see, Frivolity Part 2. Uh, what are you playing on Spotify, if you have it?
1: Um, see, I, I don't know. I, I like a lot of different genres. I have, um, like, throughout the day, I, I'll, I'll listen to country for an hour, and then next thing you know, I've got hip-hop on, and then a little bit later, it's 80s rock. So, you know, uh, there's not really much that I wouldn't listen to. Maybe yeah. Most part, yeah. It's it's a variety. You should see when I use YouTube usually, and you okay. sh- you should see when it tries to mix something for me. It's the yeah. most bizarre playlist you've ever come across because it's just up and down, all over.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I remember we're similar in age. Um, uh, pardon, folks. Oh, we have a busy oh, home goodness. today, so you may hear um, dog, baby. I'm not sure. We're we're doing our best here, but. Um, what was I saying? I remember being younger and having real like religious preferences with music. Like you can listen to this. You cannot listen to this. I was very opinionated. And it's more like, you know, like you, I'm kind of just grazing on playlists and I don't really care. And it's all nice and and good, good. But anyway, let's go on to the next one here. Last one. If you weren't coding, if you weren't doing what you do, what would you be doing otherwise?
1: Um, something fun. Um. <laughs> Something like I don't know, probably uh, so probably making no money first off, but (laughs) something like you know, like an amusement park ride operator or something like that. Something thrilling. I don't know. Just sitting behind a desk is probably not. I mean, if it didn't pay well, I certainly wouldn't do it. Let's put it that. If I if I hit the lottery, like that's what I'm gonna do. I'm either gonna work like some kind of food joint or work at yeah. some, some kind of kid, like anything kids normally work at, that's where I would be. But, uh, yeah, I don't really know what career choice I would go with otherwise. Um, and it, I was very clearly fit for coding, um, so that's just what I did, but I, I'm not sure what alternatives I would have if I didn't go that route.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What led you to the world of coding?
1: Um, I was always kind of into computers since very young, um, and I kind of, uh, so I, I started writing code, actually C++ was the first language I learned um, back in high school, uh, and I did a lot of little projects back then, uh, and then I got more into like um, the IT side of things, network administration, I, I was a network administrator at a local school, and some various jobs. kind of thing and I went to college and I was an idiot so I signed up for computer science thinking that was network administration and those kinds of like computery stuff turns out it's coding but I was like well I know how to code so I'm here already I'll just give it a shot and I you know I I stuck with it so you know good thing I had no idea what I was doing
0: Um, has it been a satisfying journey thus far for you
1: I mean I I enjoy coding I I don't like coding for people, but I enjoy coding. Like I just want to, to write my own like my own stuff. And I, I don't like any of the the busy work that comes along with it. The the um you know the documentation, the various tasks you have to do as a developer. I'm very terrible at that stuff. Um, but when it comes to writing code, I absolutely love writing code. Like I could I could sit there for hours on it. Um, Good deal. I I enjoy it. Yep.
0: That's a good thing. Um, I would think unless, um, I, you know, I when I'm not in Litecoin, I'm doing other things in the w- real world, too. I'm just kind of I graze Twitter and have mm-hmm. some websites and do do different things. And glad to have these platforms they are kind of a labor of love for me. I don't have any real income off of them. It's more of a hobby. Um, but I knew considering I did basic, basic coding because I worked digitally for about ten years in marketing generally speaking, I was a copywriter and wrote a lot of political campaigns and worked on different stuff, lived in DC for a little while and said, I don't need to be in the heart of the empire. And I, (laughs) I left. Um, uh, And I'm glad I did. Um, But either way, I did some basic, basic, like basic coding, I didn't write any programs, nothing even close, more like just HTML and things like this. Mm -hmm. Um, But there was a there was a time where I thought it would be a fascinating endeavor. And I did linguistics in my wasted undergrad, although I, I loved it, it just How's it paying me now? Of course it's not. Um, but either way, it was it was a fascinating mental experiment, you know, those few years um, mm-hmm. under some of my professors with syntax and semantics and everything else. Um, so I thought there might be a natural inclination for me to go the way you did. I never did. Um, but my philosophy was like, dude, our age is digital. And unless the power goes out, there's going to be opportunities. And um, you're building actually on money which we'll get to which is a pretty unique and amazing thing but before we go there i need to talk about the elephant in the room on on twitter uh, and kind of some recent developments with litecoin and the litecoin community um, started with the bitcoin community i'm referring to ordinals mm-hmm. um, ordinals i don't i couldn't tell you authoritatively all about the ordinal theory etc etc perhaps you can um, but I'm curious of what your opinion is about it. And maybe you could share a little bit with us. I know that you didn't work on it, but perhaps you have some knowledge I don't know about. What are ordinals? What are they? And um, what are we going to do with this now?
1: Yeah, so I, I didn't dig a whole lot into uh, the exact implementation, but basically the spam for a blockchain. Um, you, have, you, have, uh, you have JPEGs that you like... Could, you could store these things anywhere and you could like you know, just commit to a small hash like uh, you know like a hash of the image and and you could have an owner of it something like that um, and you would have yourself some sort of some form of NFTs that you could send back and forth but Ordinals they actually store the whole image and all this garbage on, on chain and it's um, a gigantic waste of block space um, it's it's spam. It's spam for blockchain. Um, it uh, it's not like a huge threat to to the coins any more than any other form of spam would be. Um, it you know it, it wastes block space. It makes syncing a lot slower and more difficult than it needs to be at this stage. But at some point, uh, it's inevitable that we're going to deal with spam anyways. So this is kind of just um, speeds up that process. Uh, gets us there quicker. Um, I was kind of hoping, like, uh, that that we'd have faster ways of syncing or or more efficient ways of encoding data, uh, encoding transactions before we really start getting flooded with these useless transactions. But we we don't yet, or at least not implemented. There are ways that we could, like, um, when it comes to like, the initial sync, we could uh, we could have fancy zero-knowledge proofs that, like, get us up to speed, like, get a, a node synced quickly and, and verifiably without having to download the whole history of everything. But for now, that's not implemented or anything. So you have to download every transaction in history, at least, you know, on the, the traditional Litecoin side. And so having all these, these ordinals filling, all the spam filling up each block, it's just makes for an unnecessarily long uh initial sync time and, and discourages people from running notes hmm. uh, which i think is, is a shame but.
0: interesting I, I like the idea well i can understand the idea of calling it spam crypto spam is it at least local though like i'm not going to get an ordinal that i didn't want Well, somebody could send it to me because if they don't coin control, they could actually end up being in me. But that's irrelevant. If I get paid with a light that has an inscription on it, I don't care um, necessarily. We might talk about risks later. But like, for example, Ethereum, I have one address and there's all sorts of airdrops of coins. You can't even trim, cut or anything. And if you're importing all that blockchain data automated, you're seeing all this junk. That's actually like spam, spam. Like, is that the case with Ordinals too?
1: Well, you don't run a node for Ethereum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: typically. Um, right. It's too heavy, it's too long. Um, It's just not really a thing. It, it's not very decentralized as a result, um, not to the same degree that like Ordinals and others are. Right, correct. Um, so uh, even though you know, it, it's harmless to have this extra little junk, or mostly harmless to have this extra junk in your wallet, it's not the wallet that really concerns me, it's the, it's the node. And it's the fact that every, every full node has to download all this data and verify all this data. Um, it, it just discourages people from running nodes, so it's less decentralized as a result. I uh, like I right. said, it's an inevitable problem. Like it's yeah. not, you know, blockchains are not very efficient storage mechanisms. They're actually terribly efficient mm-hmm. intentionally. Um, that's, that's the way they're designed. They're, uh, you know, extremely redundant. Uh, it's just—it's just a terrible data storage mechanism. So it's—it's uh, it's always known that spam will cause, you know, lots of slowness. And you know, the—the the fee market is supposed to prevent that. But uh, up until now, we've had a luxury on Litecoin where we haven't really had to deal with much of a fee market. It's been—it's been, you've been in plenty of block space for uh, the, the financial transactions that've been. Inclusion in blocks already so you never really have to worry about oh is my fee high enough am i got to wait six eight twelve blocks for this to get in the same way you do with bitcoin now like i said it was inevitable that we get there um, it's just you know ordinals really speeds that up and, and it's a shame like it's it's you know we have we have to deal with it. which I, I don't think it's really bad i think the hype's kind of died down now so hopefully yeah. it stays that way yeah. um but you know that it, it could come back and if it does you know, if people start attaching monetary value to these orginals on Litecoin, then I think you'll definitely see a huge increase in them, and then you'll, you'll the the fee market issue will be here to stay.
0: Yeah, interesting. I, I, uh, so it's more like node spam, and it yeah, will be co- yeah, competition all, with you. Let's say I don't have more. a node; I just want to send Litecoin. It's competition for me to get my. Litecoin from A to B because the nodes have to deal with all this other stuff, regardless of whether I'm participating or I'm getting my wallet spammed with, with inscriptions.
1: Yeah. Anybody who's uh, sent both Litecoin and Bitcoin can tell you that Litecoin is a better experience because you don't have, well, first off, it's cheap, you can send it real easy, real cheap. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Almost always it's, it's in the next block, which is on average two and a half, within two and a half minutes. Um, so you get you know quick confirmations because of that with low fees, um, and it's it's just a much better experience, which is why we you know our usage on on uh, different payment through payment gateways and stuff we you know we, we, our usage is really grown. People tend to favor Litecoin over all the other alternatives because of that. Um, and if we end up spamming our our chain the same way that like you know Bitcoin back in 2017 during the the block space wars, all that spam that led to Bitcoin basically being unusable for a while or mm-hmm. having to spend $30, 40 50 just to send small amounts of Bitcoin across the network. It's just, it doesn't make for a good experience. Um, and that's what ordinals will do for Bitcoin in the short yeah. term. You don't, if they really do take off. And, and yeah. The well,
0: I've looked through the the database because i admittedly did buy one just to see how it worked and then i'm like wait a minute i have to coin control this single unit so i don't send it by accident to my pool of Litecoin. so it's really complex it's really complex if you want to get involved otherwise you can hold it for 10 seconds and it might be out the door if you're transacting in litecoin so definitely if you're getting into ordinals you have quite a bit of setup at least the user experience now is pretty terrible I imagine it will improve so we can control our little bits better downtime. It's interesting because I have concerns about ordinals, but I also realize I'm one person in an ecosystem that I can't control, you know? So, but I appreciate this dialogue, especially with you, um, to kind of see what the heck is this going to do to the network. I agree that um, it was community funded. Indigo on Twitter kind of put a bounty out. And I think that's a great community effort that we can get stuff done kind of in a
1: I don't don't fault anyone for developing this or anything it's just yeah it's it doesn't provide that I I know a lot of people want to really buy into the hype and they want to say oh you know Litecoin's got ordinals too you should come to Litecoin but it's people don't come to Litecoin for ordinals it's not the advantage of Litecoin you know the advantage of Litecoin is financial transactions easy cheap fast you know there's no there's no stress. You just send money, you know. And, yeah. and if these actually make that a lot worse, it takes away from the real value proposition of Litecoin. So yeah. I wish like the the big Litecoin influencers that were really interested in those yeah. better understood that these are actually a detriment to to you know what Litecoin excels at. Yeah. Like I said, it, spam's here to stay, anyways. Like it's always going to be a problem. It's it's a right. major problem with centralized UTXO-based blockchains. Uh, there's there's nothing we can do to really prevent that aside from a fee market. That's what that solves. Mm-hmm. The game theory is there already. But um, it, it just it, it makes it less convenient to use like, if, yeah. if we yeah. end up continuing to fill blocks, which we haven't done yet. Let's yeah. hope it stays that way.
0: It's mind-numbing to scroll through all the images. I was looking back again. I did buy just to see how it worked. And I was scrolling through, and I'm like, oh, my gosh like I felt like my IQ was lowering just like what is this that I'm looking at and um, again personal opinions I speak for myself we're just having a chat here I don't know what other people want to do Um, but we'll see we'll see what happens with it Um, again I think it's just in the air right now Um, the only negative and I kind of dm'd you about this at one point because my and this is on bitcoin too I think Doge doesn't have it yet, but then I think I've heard of Dogenals. I don't follow it, but maybe they're trying to work something out with Doge. Um, uh, my concern is if you have an, and again, this gets to be, you know, the uh, liberty versus some mechanism of control. My concern was what if some person with nefarious intention put some illegal content on it as an ordinal? Ha- I, I, You can't stop it, would that bring, because the government's already on cryptocurrencies and we are a cryptocurrency, we're not a token. Litecoin is a cryptocurrency, I would argue it is a digital commodity if we want to use the language of the state, right? Um, But you know, there's already lots of pushback and regulations and we need clarity and it's great and all that stuff, all of us are aware of it. And that could be one thing used to really say, don't touch this stuff it's Mm -hmm. a decentralized distribution system for whatever might have been uploaded and um has that happened with bitcoin before
1: uh Uh, yeah i i don't know if it's bitcoin or bitcoin cash but i do remember uh several years back now um some yeah some illegal images Mm -hmm. being posted using just like some uh I think just some off data in in, in one of the transactions being blocked. Interesting. legal image. I I don't know the details, and I can't. I'm not going to Google the details. No, I wouldn't. (laughs) But um, there, yeah, there. I I recall an incident uh, a few years back where that something like that was uploaded, and if that was done in the past. It's still there. You know,
0: it's and that's my concern because if somebody wanted to look at that, they could you know, and really but, bring a but hammer ordinals on whatever don't
1: really just ordinals aren't really the, the problem there, like the, the fact that you can put any kind of arbitrarily encoded data, right? And right. transactions is the issue. And we've always been able to do that.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's a, I think, a good response. This is yeah. nothing new. Which, it's just a new you know, format.
1: Like Mimble, Wimble and Mweb, you can also store arbitrarily encoded data. Uh, the, the pure Mimble, Wimble protocol, you can't do that. So it was like kind of an advantage of that. Um, but we have like non-interactive transactions and we allow soft and ours is very flexible. So we actually added that back in to where you could also do it in there. But like, you know, one cool thing about the pure memo based uh, transactions is they don't have that, um, you know, it's they don't have that flexibility. So, you know, it's a more rigid transaction structure to which allows or which prevents a sort of arbitrary encoding of data.
0: So- we just hinted to mWeb. I want to talk about that next because that's kind of the big one, but still kind of hanging out on the ordinals territory. If I send an inscript, an inscribed Litecoin fragment of Litecoin into MimbleWimble, or fifteen, or fifty, or whoever many, we start sending ordinals into mWeb. What happens when we pull out? Lottery?
1: Um. So I don't, see, this is where I don't know enough about ordinals. Fair you, enough. Are you sending the image each transaction or is it all just like... Well,
0: I think it's attached to the account? piece. I like think it's like each, attached to the piece. You send
1: reattaches that same piece of spam?
0: I think so. Because you you're but if I, I, if I go piece, buy a CryptoPunk and I have my little deposit in my wallet of a CryptoPunk and I send that CryptoPunk to my Mweb wallet, it'll go. It's still Litecoin. But I'm wondering if I pull out...
1: Well, it, it or
0: someone else pulls the out, they could does get a crypto go, pump.
1: Or does it look at the history of it and know that this was once a that crypto punk and then now anyone who owns this UTXO forward? I mean, it probably does just copy it each time. I'm not sure. It depends on the implementation of Ordinals, but um, mm-hmm. it, like, uh, yeah, you're sending it to you would be sending it to the the mWeb. So there's not really no, it doesn't come back. The owner of it then would have been, um, would be the, the hog, the, that integrating transaction, the last transaction in the, the traditional block. Um, yeah. And then it's not going to copy that data
0: forward. So that's interesting. So, hmm, because I know if you have your, like you've, if you buy your, I'll say it again, like CryptoPunk or like Coin punk or whatever. Um, there's an inscription number which you can look up, plug in and you can actually see it. It's like, this is the one. So obviously if you sent that into MWeb and somebody pulled out on somewhere else in the MWeb environment, pulled out and they got it, they wouldn't know to even, unless that inscription data carries with the
1: Well, see that's the thing, like the inscription data, if you copy, if it's copied in each like output or I guess it's part of the input maybe, Mm -hmm. Um, if it's copied in each like send, well it, it can't be and it just it's lost then because you don't you don't copy the no, the integrated transaction is not going to copy it it's a very rigid format you know it's 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 a standard format there is no arbitrary data in that transaction um, so, so, so,
0: so would mweb purge ordinals essentially
1: well you still have the history that, <laughs> that is the okay. real you know the real nuisance of, of uh, yeah but you can't you can't send them on m so okay not yet in place. So okay. There, which they'd be better implemented over there because you can prune them at least. You don't have the whole history. Um, anyone who wants to download, anyone who in to your node won't necessarily have to download all the old ordinals.
0: Yeah. Well, sir, let's go to MWeb. How about that? Let's okay. let's, let's shift. This is your domain. Um, it's a really really important aspect that Litecoin has, and no other, as I say, Nakamoto coin has it. Uh, Bitcoin doesn't have it doge doesn't have it um of course there's the forks of the forks too which i won't even bring those up but this is a unique um feature of a very prominent cryptocurrency namely litecoin the original altcoin um so mweb the mimble wimble extension block uh it went live post testnet last may i think it was may 20th or 23rd or something around that i think testnet was happening last year at this time per a tweet from the litecoin foundation within the last week or so um so tell us about tell us about mweb
1: okay um mweb is uh it's a privacy layer it's um it's an extension block which is uh it's it's almost like i mean it's it's an additional block attached to the main the main blockchains. So each each block has its own extension block attached to it, which has a, a different set of rules for uh, how you transact, and it, it follows the mempool protocol, which um, it, it it encrypts the value and the the address the receiving address. So there's you know it's just a, it's a more private way of sending. Coins. And then um, it's uh, it's prunable to where you don't have to download the whole history of a, uh, you know, like for, for syncing regular Litecoin node, you have to start at the beginning. And each block you have to download in full because you need to see uh, which coins go where and make sure they can all trace back to a valid coin base to make sure there are the, no double spends. And, anything no inflation or anything like that Um, with Mimblewimble you really only need uh, the the UTXO set the the unspent coins as well as a small piece of each transaction in the past called the kernel Uh, and given that you can um, you can verify the current state of the chain so it's it's a I, I hate to say a more efficient way of encoding, because actually the transactions are much larger. Uh, in order to um, in order to encrypt the, the amount, you have to attach this thing called range proof, uh, which is like a, um, it's almost a kilobyte. And it's, it's, a huge, um, it's a huge cryptographic proof that you have to attach to each output. But, um, but you don't need all of the history involved. You don't need to see which spend all you need the latest version, or the latest set of outputs um, in, in the, the small, the tiny little currents that go with them uh, in order to verify the whole thing. So it's just like, a, it's a in the long term, it's theoretically more scalable. It's definitely, um, it, at least from the point of like initial download, initial block download, you should be able to stick a node faster with NWeb versus you know, we're using Nimble versus a, a traditional UTXO based. So.
0: Very cool. Um, why privacy on Litecoin? Why is it important? And how and how private is mWeb?
1: Um, so, why privacy? Um, right now, if you take uh, if you use your wallet to send to someone else, um, and you're not careful about how you build your transaction or um, you know, it the way the way it works is you point to coins that you have in your wallet when sending something. You say, Hey, I own these coins, I want to send this amount to this person and then I want to, the change will come back to me. Um, but in order to do that you point to coins that you own and the amounts. So let's say that I send you five thousand light coin and then you want to send one for your coffee or whatever. Uh, or whatever whatever you're buying it would be more than coffee It's something ordinal you know, sorry yeah so so you're for your ordinal <laughs> and someone knows that you also have 4999 other Lite coins still because they can see them in the inputs they can see the change yeah. going back um, and it makes it uh it makes it like less convenient for for things like receiving your salary let's say you want to let's say you want to receive a, a your salary via Litecoin. Well, then uh, every two weeks or month or however often you get paid, there's the same amount going into an address on chain, and people can quickly realize that oh, this is you know, this person's getting this much salary, and then let's say that you interact with them, so you know how much they make each year, and there's just all kinds of. I mean, basic privacy has existed for money forever. You know, it's it's a it's a um, Fundamental, like characteristic of money is that you don't have to have the whole history of of that currency attached to it. You just spend it. It's, it's, each piece is is ha- holds its own value without you know all this other baggage attached to it. Um, but that's different in the digital world, at least for the for the blockchain world, where you have like, each coin you spend has its own history and. You know, you can learn a lot about the person spending it or, they've worked with, or, you know, who they've dealt with in the past and all kinds of different things. It's just, you wouldn't want your credit card statement online, you wouldn't want your bank account statement online, neither should you have your whole wallet history um, available to everyone who, who you interact with. It's just, nobody should want that, I would hope, um, for, yeah. for, for pretty obvious reasons. Um, and... Uh, you know, and that's that's what mWeb gives. It, it it hides the amounts. It obscures all the links between the past spends of coins. There's still, um, you know, it's, you asked how private is it? It's not. It's not anything that's gonna. Um, if you're committing a crime, uh, that's mWeb's not the tool to use. And it's not because I don't think you should commit crimes. There are, <laughs> you should certainly commit certain. We crimes. don't
0: make statements on okay. crimes.
1: I don't. Yeah. I'm not, <laughs> As a libertarian, I'm not about to tell you not to commit a crime. Sorry, yeah. uh, but uh, I'm just saying it's not the coin to use. There are much better mm-hmm. ones. Uh, yeah. A targeted attack, especially by a government or a state actor, something of that scale, uh, it's not going to hold up against that. The amounts are still very well hidden, uh, for the most part. Like if you peg in and right back out, like if you move a normal light coin, mm-hmm. normal, you know. Like one transaction, send your mWeb address and then write back out, or maybe use it a little and then back out. You still you have almost no privacy. Mm-hmm. But if you if you use your your if all of your transacting occurs on on the mWeb and you're not going back and forth, you get very good amount privacy. The, the amounts you are transacting in the you know the salary you get each month or whatever that is well hidden. That is, there's nothing, there's nothing really that um, anyone can do to, to figure out those amounts uh, but um, as far as the, the links um, finding you know kind of tracing the history of coins uh, and, and a targeted attack by, you know, by resourceful attackers US governments or whatever um, yeah. can certainly at least statistically um, you know think... It, it's it's not it's not pure privacy they can learn a lot yeah. they may not be able to right away, but that you know they like you interact with enough people they can trace back enough- you know enough of the history to figure out that there's a good chance that you could be or these several people could be you know involved in in yeah. some big financial crime or whatever that took place um but but another big privacy advantage is you don't have uh it uses stealth addresses. So, like, um, I get paid in, in crypto for, for several different things. I work on my coin being one of them. Uh, and so I just have, like, a public address that I share for that. And so everyone can see when I receive money. Um, they can see when I cash it out. You know, they can see all kinds of the other stuff. With, with Web, we have stealth addresses. So um, each, it, it's it's the same as if, Every time people sent to me, uh, they use a different address. It's like I gave them a, a one-time address every time. So you yeah. don't have the problem of address reuse where you, know, you learn someone's address, and then you can see each time that someone mm-hmm. sends to that address. You don't have that with it's, it's Each 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 send uses its own one-time key um, based off the, the stealth address. So there's all kinds of advantages over basic. Um, there's all kinds of privacy advantages of a basic like one sense um, but it's it's not to the Monero Zcash level where you can like obscure your your identity enough to to really um, stump the the chain analysis people yeah. so, uh, yeah, I
0: it's think it's definitely a step in the right direction mm-hmm. um, I think part of that, if I remember. Charlie Lee at one point, and this is before MYTB even launched, but he was talking to you and talking about this for quite some time on Twitter and etc. So um, I believe part of it's kind of he he says it's kind of like, you know, you can have a class house or you can have basically like a it's not a stone wall, but let's say a a stone fortress, no light going in at all. (laughs) Or you can have the modern house, which has mostly walls, but a few windows. And it's a nice (laughs) compromise of privacy and transparency. Um, yeah, he's good at analogies.
1: Uh, I would love a stone house then. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Uh, I want perfect privacy. Go <laughs> live in a cave. The, the thing is, like, there's not a good technical way to do perfect privacy. The two examples I used were Zcash and Monero, which don't have perfect privacy. But have, you know, Zcash has at least pretty damn perfect theoretical privacy. There's other limitations. And then uh, Monero has statistically very good privacy. Uh, but it's still statistical. Um, But Monero scales like shit. It's terrible. It's Mm -hmm. horrible scaling. Um, And uh, Zcash also has some scalability issues due to the complexity of the algorithm, but also just due to the complexity of the algorithm, like I couldn't do it. I couldn't code it for you. You couldn't find anyone to code it for you for... Like Zcash has this whole team of engineers working on their algorithm and they still introduce like critical consensus bugs, you know, that critical inflation bugs that like, you know, they have to fix in secret and whatever you find out later. It's,
0: it's, it's super complex. Don't they have an annual, I don't know if it's annual, that's a typical calendar system, but don't they have a normal like dump routine of certain data they got to like, you have to trust them to like obliterate? There's some sort of ritual yeah, well, with Zcash, so there, right? There
1: was, there was a ritual at the beginning in order to... Um, it, there, there's like a, uh, a ceremony that was performed yeah. in order to set up the initial Zcash. They're no longer under that. So okay. I, that's a lot of the... Lot so it's more trusted now than criticism before. of the of Zcash was that trusted setup. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, I, and, I, and they still are kind of limited by it, but um, the way it works now is like, there's, there's a turnstile and like they have to, any new transaction has to use this new format mm-hmm. and any any old transaction that was part of like the old trusted setup has to go through this turnstile thing and only only the 21 million Zcash can never go through there. So if ever yeah. there was some kind of inflation issue that was introduced by their trusted setup, mm-hmm. uh, like they, there's, that you can't just, you don't have to worry about like, infinite coins printed because of that, because the turnstile thing would kind of prevent that, like, yeah. be first out. And as far as we can tell, there was never an issue like that, because only there hasn't been more than 21 million coins attempt to come through. So you don't really have, like, the, you don't have to worry too much about the trusted setup anymore, because there's now a new system that's even better, and, and mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's theoretically not trusted, but you still have to trust the handful of, you know, scientists in the world. That's that what
0: I mean. There's still kind to... of...
1: But that, that's only there's a,
0: humanity mixing in with it trust.
1: you still trust a handful of people that emlet works like right. as much as i'd like to think there were thousands of eyes on the code there were like seven um <laughs> and you know there's probably been a handful more now but uh you still there's there's uh unless you're out there reading the code yourself you're still trusting me and, and the yeah. like the auditors and other developers who've who've looked at it and, uh The various attackers, uh, hackers out there, who've probably tried to steal money from it and failed. So, uh, you you know, you're not there's not a huge list of people that, that, you know, torn into the code. So you're trusting to a degree, but but the the number of people that could audit the code Mm -hmm. uh, pretty thoroughly is much higher for something like Nimble Wimble than this extremely complex zero-knowledge system that Zcash is based on. And that's why we don't have something like that on, on um, Litecoin. It's just technically not feasible.
0: And, and in terms of supply limits, auditability, there will never, as it says on the wristband, on the front of the website, 84million.com, there will never be more than 84 million Litecoin. That is still verifiable with mWeb.
1: Yes, verifiable. Um, and if ever there was like an issue, Say the range proofs had some kind of flaw in them, where you could somehow, you know, or maybe like there's 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 some uh, there's some like randomly generated key public keys that like anyone ever determined the relationship between them, they could use it to Mm -hmm. inflate inflate the M website, but just like the, the system I mentioned for Zcash where only 84 or 21 million could ever be in this new system like you can never have more coins pegged out than ever pegged in so like if ever there was concerns of inflation you can move your coins off the end web um, and like verify that there were only 84 million of them or there were, there were never more mm-hmm. um, you, you know you just you can't just like You know, you can't inflate coins on the MWeb side and then bring those coins back to the Litecoin side. That that would be an obvious problem there. And
0: And that's where it would break. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Break
0: Um, in a good way, meaning sequester any possible inflation. Yeah, it would still
1: suck. It would still really suck because it would be like a race out, first one out, you know, and everyone's stuck and MWeb's stuck. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the the protocol is simple enough that um, you can easily verify. You know, it it, it doesn't take. you know, this doesn't take some super genius cryptographer to to go verify the supply of this thing. It's it's basic key addition, public key addition, um, to to go verify the supply. Uh, it's it's something that I can sit down with anyone in a half hour, have them mm-hmm. understand at least, you know, how the theory of how it all works. Uh, it's it's something that's very easy to verify.
0: That's that I've heard that Zcash and Monero are we can't ultimately suggest they're limited or you can't verify the the max Monero supply.
1: Monero is based off a similar system of verifying supply. Okay. Um, but uh, but yeah, Zcash is it's more complicated. I don't understand Zcash.
0: So Actually, yeah, up. yeah, and I, and this isn't to diminish Zcash. I think there's a place in the world for Zcash. I just think Z-cash the out. neat thing of what you've done and what Litecoin is is it's got privacy, but it's also like auditable and verifiable, which is super. There's there's less trust, not zero, perhaps, because we just mm-hmm. mentioned you know coders and you got a team and you're working on it. But um, overall, it's it's pretty straightforward, which is mm-hmm. which is super. Um, in terms of, so another thing I want to mention is, is um, the extension block is on chain. Bitcoin has liquid. That is a second layer. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. Can you compare MWeb to liquid? Because a lot of maximalists uh, would say, oh, you know, Bitcoin's private with liquid, yet it's not on chain. Not saying there's not a use case for it, but it's not on chain. And mm-hmm. leaving the chain is a uh, compromise. And there's, there's benefits and also disadvantages to leaving the chain.
1: Yes. So the benefits of leaving the chain is that um, existing nodes don't have to change. Uh, like the liquid is just, it's a multi sig. Um, yeah, it's a multi sig that uh, like the, a handful of trusted actors that are part of some committee, some liquid committee, uh, have to, to sign off on each transaction there and then they maintain the ledger for. All of the um, liquid side of things for the, all the transactions that occur on this the um, <clears throat> on the side chain that's called a side chain. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's you know if they decide they want to change the rules for how things work um, to add in new features, some better privacy, some better something else, they can do that without having to worry about getting consensus amongst all of the nodes on the network. They only have to worry about 10 or 20 key signers that the multi-city owners. Um, so it's it's a small committee that has, can set up rules on how they you know on, on what transactions they allow. Um, and and no node has to know anything about those in order to in order for that to, to continue to work. You know, no, like it, it doesn't affect any of the existing nodes on the network, the decisions they make. Uh, Whereas with extension blocks, uh, miners have to know every you know they have to know how they work because they have to build blocks that follow the um, the new MIML, you know, the the new N Web protocol uh, and any upgraded node has to verify the um, all the consensus rules are are met and if they weren't you would have a, a chain fork you know you would have you would have a consensus disagreement, you could split the network or something, but, you know, as long as there's enough upgraded nodes, which there are, you, you don't have to worry about that. Um, but it, it is, a, it's part of consensus. You know, that's the big scary consensus algorithm. It's, it's part of that. Whereas a side chain is not. A side chain is just like a, it's a separate, you know, individual or group of individuals or some other network that, maintains all the rules for those transactions and when you use it you basically just send your coins to some multi-sig address that they, mm-hmm. you know, that they then use for, for, mer- for controlling all their transactions
0: um, last thing on mweb um, mobile wallets um, i know you've been working on that um, how close are we to seeing mWeb supported on on mobile, Light Wallet, or I don't, or maybe you can share with us. Is anybody talking to you, any wallets talking to you about integrating it at this time?
1: Yeah, talking. Yeah, I don't know how far any have gotten. It almost seems like I'm gonna have to try to run with that somewhere on one of you know whether it's on Light Wallet or something else. Uh, I have the peer-to-peer messages available. Um, I hosted and node that had those and have te- done some testing myself. But, um, as far as having anyone actually adopt it, uh, it hasn't happened yet. And, um, I should be doing better about reaching out and, and getting people to do this, which is also like, uh, yeah, let me know once you have this wallet and once a wallet's implemented it so i know where so i can use that as an example and go off of it so it's hard to get that first one to
0: take but after the first one it can cascade because it's probably yeah. yeah that would be super um i know a lot of people in the community are really uh we'll get to A Q&A later by the way are we good on time yeah we're good. okay um we'll get to a q a and just there's just a lot of um Folks that are looking forward to a mobile wallet with MWeb support. So um, you're already working on it. That's the good news. It's just we got to have some wallets pick it up. I know Cake has been very friendly to Monero, Bitcoin, and Litecoin. Fascinatingly enough, yes. you'd think they would want to support they something do. like MWeb. They uh, They want. Okay.
1: Um, and they want to do it in a really nice way, a really private, um, privacy preserving way. Very um, nice. So they actually probably won't have a good example they can these things off. But they'll have to. Like, the the messages I've set up for the protocol have support a a number of different, like, um, trade-offs when when implementing this, and um, it would support their workflow as well. But um, part of it is I'm not very good at documentation, so Uh I need to get better at that, or someone needs to, you know, (laughs) step up.
0: Do we need to organize a bounty to get you (laughs) more organized with documentation? Uh, I'm kidding.
1: Find a technical uh, technical writer that wants to, to step up and do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a I, call
0: to the community. Yeah. I mean, there's, that's...
1: There's, anyone ever wants to write my documentation, you are yeah. more than welcome to. Okay. <laughs>
0: You've heard it here first, folks. <laughs> anyway, we'll, we'll, I'll share that a little bit beyond this conversation, too. I'll put a tweet out and see what we can do to help you, because you've been doing a lot, of, uh, a lot of the work here. If not, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Um, and we're grateful for what you're doing, David. Um, I'm going to go to just money generally, and then we'll go to the, the q and I'm going to bypass all the C- C- SEC stuff because eh, it's dry and boring and who cares. So uh, let's just talk about generalism now so um what attracted you to litecoin
1: um long history so um i got into the space well i was first interested in bitcoin back in the early days um Mm -hmm. 2011 um and it from a libertarian hard money side of things Mm -hmm. i was you know really i was working on the ron paul campaign i was really into Gold and hard money, and, and, you know, the, the you know the young people and their libertir- libertarian idealism. That was me. Um, Bitcoin came along. It seemed like such a cool invention. Like wow, this is uh, both hard money and um, uncensorable, and like all the all the great stuff that everybody originally loved about Bitcoin. No longer seem to care about it, but I still do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, uh, you know, I, I kind of got interested on the, the money side of things, didn't invest because I was an idiot um, and it was really complicated, but. Mm-hmm. Um, the user and,
0: experience was pretty terrible.
1: Well, yeah, they, they <laughs> wanted my, my firstborn when I was trying to sign up for an exchange and I didn't have a firstborn, so it made it kind of trippy. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, back then it was really, it was really hard to get um, an exchange account set up and I didn't, I wasn't prepared to start mining, it, It I was pretty clueless on the technical side. Even though I was a very technical person, I never, for some reason, I wasn't interested at the time in the the Bitcoin tech um, too much, you know, aside from just the the very basics. Uh, And then 2013, I started to get a little more interested in it, uh, still from the financial side mostly, um, and started to invest in it, use it a little bit, and it was cool. Um, but then, it, it took several more years before I really even um, started to learn how it worked. It was like probably 2016, uh, mm-hmm. and then I read the Bitcoin white paper. So you know all the stuff I've read about Bitcoin up to that point is just a you know, high-level BS from mm-hmm. people who also didn't understand it, and, claimed it. Uh, and then I read the Bitcoin white paper, which I expected to be super complicated. But it was not, if you haven't read it, read it, understand it. It's like eight pages long and it is the best introduction to Bitcoin ever written, hands down. So uh, don't don't think that you're going to... All the people out there looking for, a, oh, can I get a TLDR on that? That is the TLDR, <laughs> okay? Yeah. Go yeah. download it. Nobody writes, nobody explains Bitcoin like Satoshi explained Bitcoin in that white paper. So go download it. Spend some time with it. It is the best introduction to, to Bitcoin out there. It explains exactly how it works, uh, and you only have to trust a few basic primitives, like what a hash function does and, and mm-hmm. what public key cryptography does. You, you, as long as you trust that all the math works behind the scenes on that stuff, which is used everywhere throughout the internet, um, then you can, you know, as long as you learn the basics of how that works, then you can completely understand um, how Bitcoin is. You know, how Bitcoin works at, at a base level, um, and so I read that and I was like, wow, this is actually. I you mean, know, Bitcoin's not simple. Like, there's all these different weird edge cases, and like the game theory is super complex, and it's a miracle that it all works out. But, mm-hmm. um, but but to understand how transactions occur, how, mon- how value is transferred from one address to another, is is pretty straightforward, and um, it's it's very clever and. Uh, and I highly recommend it. At like ninety percent of the technical questions I get asked, if someone spent eight, you know, spent the time to read eight pages and understand it, then it would be quite obvious what the answer to all these technical questions would be. Like, mm-hmm. uh, read that, understand that. Then, if you have technical questions, I'm, all, uh, I'd love to talk about it. But that's the place to start. It will answer nearly every question you have about about the tech of, of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I read that, and, and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I'm gonna start contributing. So I started contributing small projects, uh, and like late, a little later on, you know, I, I got interested in privacy. I was really interested in the scalability side of things. Um, at that time, we had the the uh, the block size wars going on, you know, the, the chain wars, um, and so I was like, you know, I, I heard about Nimble Wimble and, and how it was like. You know, you don't have to download the whole history. I thought it was going to be more efficient than it really is, but still, it was like there's this this huge, um, uh, you know, this huge scalability technology that also brought privacy along with it. So it was like a win-win two things I, was, I wanted to see more of on Bitcoin, and, and there it does it all in one. Um, so you know, Grin was being worked on at the time. I decided to step in there, see what they could, you know, see how I could help, and it turned out they were a bunch of super nerds who like had a console (laughs) only and like nothing usable and they're like yeah we're gonna launch in a few months here and i'm like launch what like nobody can use this damn thing so (laughs) i was like well why don't i make my own uh it didn't work on windows like there was no ui nothing so why don't i just go from a windows side make my own node you know the protocol simple enough i'll learn how the protocol works as i make a node um and then uh i'll do like uh you know, then I'll go from the wallet side and make something usable that Windows users can use. And I didn't quite have it ready by launch, but, like, within a month or two of launch, we had um, great post was It was, you know, the, the, a Windows-compatible version that had an easy-to-use wallet and everything. Um, and so that was, like, uh, my first big project in crypto. Uh, and, you know, and from there, like, worked on it a while. And then... Um, uh, I saw that Charlie was interested in, in adding um, first confidential transactions, and maybe the Wimble to Litecoin. Litecoin is, is like, you know, I love Litecoin. It was so easy to use. It was still, it was still doing the one thing I cared the most about, which is transferring value from person to person in, in an uncensorable way. Um, like, it, it was still money. It was still trying to be money. And I was like, well, yeah, this is great place to contribute. Um, so I you know, I stepped in and offered to help with that project. And, and that's, that's how I got here. Um, mm. Next couple of years worked on that. And yeah, here we are.
0: Very good. Very good. Um, I came into Litecoin, I knew about it second to Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any of it. I think for a little while in like 2013, I tried to mine it on an iPad. Yeah. <laughs> My big story is I had a a friend of mine who he was an Air Force guy and super techie. He built these little prospectors. In 2013, there was a a Republican Liberty Caucus meeting in Texas, um, and I met him there with another friend of mine. We were in California at the time, but um, he was selling these little machines for like 400 bucks called the prospector. And it would have been mining there was one for bitcoin and one for litecoin he's like litecoin's awesome you know it's it's faster it's cheaper it's you know silver to bitcoin's gold all those sort of things which i still believe in um but the conversation was so different then. what was it a dollar or two a coin back then and they're like i don't know it doesn't justify the electricity because we're in our 20s we don't have you know we're less economics was more trim when you're in your 20s right versus when you grow with families and god willing we you know continue but they always say the middle generations have the most wealth so when you're younger you don't have a lot you know yeah. god willing we can preserve it with the infl- inflation right but um, our monetary system aside that was kind of the thing back then uh, he had these little miners it would have been mi- the mining rewards would have been higher and the difficulty would have been much simpler uh, yet four hundred dollars to buy this machine from the guy who built it -hmm. It didn't justify the electricity to plug in. He's like, it's okay. Just take it to Starbucks and plug it in there for like this is how we talked back then, you know? It's like we believed in it, but we almost didn't believe in it. And -hmm. it wasn't really liquid, but it's like, you know, just imagine. So, anyway, it's no regrets for me. Um, Like you, I kind of came in. Sadly, I share libertarian values, I believe, with you, or principles. And, uh, you know, I was pretty hard nosed against it. Bitcoin and Litecoin in the beginning because of folks like Peter Schiff, who is, you know, Austrian and sound money and gold and silver. And we don't need this stuff. I've since parted my ways with him. Sadly, he's just, you know, not going to budge it seems now, but I believe with the general principles and the time tested of gold and silver. I like gold. I like silver, but why not gold, silver, Bitcoin and Litecoin, right? There's, you can fit a little more in the basket. And, uh, but that prevented me from really getting in, in the early days too. Mm -hmm. Um, Just my my staunch yeah, opposition to it.
1: <laughs> and I never really understood. To me, right yeah. away, it was like this yeah. is it. it. You think I'd be smart enough to invest, but now I was like, this is it. This is yeah. you know, this is the thing. Um, right. And I, I was, I got it right away. Uh, yeah. But a lot of, a lot of the you know a lot of the people that were big influence on my thinking back then did not. Like they were yeah, like you said the Peter Schiff's of the world. But Peter Schiff was, like I learned quickly, he was, he was actually kind of an idiot um, who just keeps repeating <laughs> the same thing over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As long as he gets mad enough about it and people don't question him, it's just like, yeah. oh, okay. He yeah. must know his stuff. No, he doesn't. He's just like, No, up. I mean, he's incorrect he's about
0: locked. Bitcoin and Litecoin. Yeah. And... Um,
1: yeah, but like there's there was a lot with the the Austrians who were very hesitant early on, um, for, actually for a long time, uh, But most of them by now have have come around on it. There's still a few gold bugs out there that may never change, but for the most part, they've all come around. But to me, earlier on, despite having all of those, those, you know, those gold hard money influences, like Bitcoin just clicked. It's like, this is great. It's cool stuff.
0: It's interesting, though, to see the, the transition of Austrianism to oppose cryptocurrency in defense of, let's say, a metallic standard, um, which was proven by history, which I agree with. Um, Again, why not all of them? Um, Yet now I find that the more high profile Austrians are very close to maximalists. And that upsets me as well because they're almost a Bitcoin only crowd now. They've conceded to cryptocurrency, but they're, they're mostly the most outspoken ones, the ones you see on podcasts and things like that. They're mostly touting Bitcoin. And I understand Bitcoin can be considered, and it is, the reserve currency of cryptocurrencies. It's like the US dollar to, to fiat is Bitcoin to crypto. Something like that, I think, is a reasonable comparison or analogy. But, you know, if you want to look at the root of Austrianism or at least one of the more recent influences, Ludwig von Mises, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think he was a maximalist of any kind other than if the market proved the maximalism. Mm -hmm. In other words, if the entire world chose Bitcoin independently without coercion, Mm -hmm. we can all be maximalists. But I think he always promoted competition and things like this where you can have a few things in the winning pot or mm-hmm. a, few, a few things that people want or maybe thousands of things that people want. It depends on human behavior, human action. And I would agree that most of the capital has gone to Bitcoin. So there's proof enough to say the strength of Bitcoin and I don't argue with it. But, to, but the maximalists have gone beyond that these days. I feel mm-hmm. that it's, it's basically Bitcoin is the only, um, the only cryptocurrency for all things. And I, I just think that's incorrect. If and you, I, think, you... I think that's lost its way even in terms of Austrianism, so this is fascinating. We're if doing you look at now. the
1: academic Austrian, yeah, the guys the more academic focused ones, they tend to be much more open to you know, alternative currencies. Um, yeah. there, you know, there were a lot of the early Austrian influencers who were like single currency. We've we've seen what happens with silver and gold, but. Like with silver and gold you always had one peg to the other artificially mm-hmm. by right. government and that's why you would run into like shortages and you know the, the bad money would push out the uh you know, mm-hmm. yes, but yes. like the you know most of the academic minded austrians were, were very open to to competing forms of currency it's yes. the it's the um the cloud chasing reputation focused like big mouths who fit right in with the the bitcoin crowd they they saw an easy way to, mm-hmm. to gain influence yes and there it was you had a, a cult full of idiots just ready to believe anyone <laughs> who says bitcoin is the only way it's, yeah you know, and so when, when you get a cult of any, any type the cloud chasers will run to them they will they will adopt that, you know, that ideology or at least publicly. Yeah. In order to to gain advantage, whether it's financial or, or reputation or whatever else. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's personal. It, personal incentive is all that's they're just trying yeah. to gain from it. Um, I wouldn't take them seriously. Now there is there is an argument for uh, a single currency and and not mm-hmm. having competing currencies. So it, it would be ideal if we didn't have to convert back and forth between, you know, uh, fluctuating values of, of different coins, it would be much mm-hmm. simpler if we could base everything in Bitcoin. But purely from a technical perspective, that's near impossible.
0: Um, Possibility, yeah.
1: Yeah. N- not to do it in a decentralized way, not without introducing a bunch of, you know, trusted custodians, which this goes right back to the original problem. Like you anytime I see people like, well just send it, you know, add them back for the longest time. Mm -hmm. before like lightning was ready he was telling people to just uh you know just use a centralized exchange to send instead of going to an alternative you know an altcoin or something or just cash it out in u.s dollars and then just pay it somewhere else and then rather than you know using the obvious like you know another decentralized currency which was less bad but it's just you could tell the financial incentive was there for him to promote Bitcoin only. And that's all it took, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, it's, whether it's intentional or, you know, intentional lack of morals, whatever, or it's just his, he's been able to convince himself, uh, you know, subconsciously that it's, it's the only real crypto, like whatever the reasons however much, uh, you want to credit him. It's, uh, you know, there's, they just end up being a huge crowd of those people yeah. uh, who at least publicly claim that, you know, it's better to use a trusted third party than to just use an altcoin. Right. right. But, uh, you know, any any introduction of a trusted third party in my opinion.
0: You've in, abandoned is, the is, first it, principle. should <laughs> not
1: have to have such a mess. If we do, like, there's nothing preventing all of the things we don't want. Censorship, right. uh, inflation, like, you know, yeah. In fractional reserve like we all were against fractional reserve back when yeah. back in 2013 back in the mm-hmm. early days of crypto and I thought it was like a, a core tenant of, of Bitcoin was like no I would argue reserve. it is a core tenant uh, but, <laughs> but not to some people not to some people because they yeah. were not willing to give that up over you know accepting that all coins may play a role even if temporarily like they believed in the Litecoin network long term but like temporarily when it was in the round they were like no, nah, it's better just to use a trusted third party than an altcoin. Okay, uh, yeah. but that's weird. Weird set sort of values you've got there, but
0: whatever. I I agree with you. Um, part of me thinks the crypto community has lost its way, and um, oh, that's, that's all a of <laughs> all of yeah, and it's and and it's a personal opinion, right? I I speak for myself, but you can compare the early days like what you're talking about we have you know chancellor on the brink of bank bailouts you know encoded in the genesis block of bitcoin uh an antidote to financial con- chaos corruption fraud all sorts of issues with the modern monetary system as we know it and um you know you had a lot of that i think a few people are still around that kind of still preserve that that have more of a spotlight but some of them have disappeared over time um and it's just it's just morphed. you know a lot of things have changed just with the general community sometimes, well, not sometimes. I feel that the Litecoin community still has more of those principles. Yeah, I, I um, agree
1: with you I was surprised then
0: Bitcoin, that. but we haven't been as flooded yet, so we'll see what happens in time.
1: yeah I, I <laughs> you know knew, I always knew like early on like once once the general masses came in, things would get pretty bad. Yeah. but I just didn't realize how quickly and how terribly like the the whole. The whole, um, I, you know, the the, the image of philosophy was mm-hmm. just lost in 2017. That was it. That was the yeah. end. Um, yeah. You had all this, all these people flooding um, crypto, trying to make a quick buck. New narratives. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it became uh, a money grab over, you know, a, a, a chance of a better future for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, we
1: really haven't gained it back. If anything, we've gotten much, much worse. So it, it's it's actually hard for me to continue working on it because of that. It's hard to stay motivated because I see the way like the community, just the, the whole crypto community is moving. Uh, yeah. It's, you know, it, it, it's it's just really difficult, you know. It, I could yeah. make so much more money just chasing bullshit projects that provide zero <laughs> utility.
0: Minting, uh, stolen spinning, JPEGs spinning <laughs> to train. your chain.
1: So I could, I could be rich and, and retired probably already, but instead yeah. I tried to focus on principles and that would end up being a really stupid decision. Here, <laughs> here. But I do it anyways. I do yeah. It anyways.
0: Uh, well, you, you you've changed uh, uh, one of the most powerful cryptocurrencies on the on the planet, so I think that's no small business. And I think we're seeing more coming to Litecoin, whether it's for Ordinals, little blip, or for mWeb, or for what we discover. What time will tell what we need down the road. Um, as long as it's permitted to function, and again, decentralized uh, networks are a little more resilient than centralized ones. So, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm here for principles too. It it, it can be a little bit. Um, Discouraging, or maybe majorly disappointing. Um, I mean, even look at Ron Paul. You you mentioned you were on his campaign. I did volunteer with him in California back in the presidential campaign at Liberty HQ and, and uh, what was that? Uh, what beach city was that? Venice Beach, I think it was. Um, he came and visited us. We did phone banking. In fact, I met uh, Nick Spanos there. He was our phone bank guy. And he ended up going to <laughs> to New York and doing the Bitcoin stuff there. I don't know him personally, but that's a fascinating connection where we were in the same room for a little while back, back then. And even Litecoin in 2019, Ron Paul spoke at the Litecoin Ooh. summit. And then I think it was 2022. Um, and I had a ticket to go, but I didn't go to Miami. He spoke there. He was like the first person on the stage it was like crickets. People didn't know who he was. There was oh, so much chatter when he was, I'm like, this is like the godfather of sound money in our time, right. who's literally like in did coinage jacks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the Fed was how I, I was a generalist and I know this is non-political and, and lots of people have different views when they come to the space. Um, but like, I was not a libertarian and I still consider a lowercase libertarian. I, I still think that fits me. The best in terms of a political, if I can go into a camp, that makes sense. Um, politically, lowercase l, libertarian. Um, you know, and the Fed was the book that changed it for me. It talked about sound money in a very simple way. It talked about how the Fed worked. And I'm like, why isn't anybody talking about this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that in our generation was was super big. And yeah. I think that that's it's, inspired it's a lot of us. This yeah. campaign was
1: very eye-opening for myself and lots of other people. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, we've, we've lost that. The, the new generation is not here for that at all. You know, but, mm. I, I guess I'm a dinosaur in these days. So I didn't realize it happened so quickly, but it happened very quickly yeah. um, to where it's like, oh, I'm the old guy here. Uh, yeah. These young kids actually don't have any of the same, you know, the same goals, principles, intentions as I do. Uh, like, yeah. What am I doing here for um, the last we push
0: on? But if you study Bitcoin, if you study Litecoin, if you learn about inflationism, and and that's being discussed a lot because reality is forcing us to go into these, well, what is this all about? So if things continue on as, I mean, more people will be searching for, I think, what we we are uh, using and what we are interested in, namely Litecoin. Uh, I would add Bitcoin to that too. But my, I like Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Doge, the Nakamoto standard. You know, I think there's something there between the three. And let's talk about that theoretically. Um, we had a gold standard, which was never actually a gold standard. There was always bimetallism. They tried to get bimetallism, at least in the United States situation, late 1800s, William Jennings Bryan, you know, you're you not going to crucify me on a cross of gold, etc. But they were always circulating in tandem. You had a gold standard, but you also had silver coinage, and you had copper and nickel and other things. So if we want to take that, maybe it's an archaic model, but it's, it's a framework we can understand in our mind, multiple things meeting our general needs, If we did Bitcoin, Litecoin, and for example, Dogecoin, and this could be expanded, but I'm just saying with the Nakamoto protocol, the truly decentralized currencies, and I didn't take Doge seriously for a long time, to be honest, I really didn't. But learning about it through its S-script mining, through its tail emission for Litecoin, I think there's something really neat about it. Not to mention that it's inflationary, although it is a gigantic supply, far more than 2184 million, it's still fixed inflation, which is non-arbitrary. So over Mm -hmm. time, the effects will be known less and less and less. So that's actually still sound. So I'm mm-hmm. thinking, we can, if, if we were to convert in a, in a free system, not talking about C, CBDCs, absence of coercion, you know, and government currencies and their, and their motives, could a Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Dogecoin service the entire planet um, in terms of transactional volume? I think it could more realistically than Bitcoin alone, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it would allow for some second layers for maybe the more uh, frivolous transactions or whatever. But I'm curious of your opinion of those operating in tandem, perhaps atomic swapping between them. I, I think there's something that could happen, and it could facilitate world exchange.
1: Ideally, we would have one coin one um, that was technically capable of, of handling the world's transaction volume. We do not currently have that with our available technology. Um, mm-hmm. At least, not to do that in a decentralized way. Um, so, until we get something like that, I assume we are going to be stuck with a multi-currency world. I see nothing—nothing um, nothing there that really says it has to be Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Dogecoin. I actually mm. have zero interest in Dogecoin. Uh, yeah, and it, it was running on like version. 0.12.4 in the Bitcoin or something up until like six months ago. <laughs> it was basically a broken protocol. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, it was just, it was a meme and always has been. Uh, yeah. And it was, as as such, be now, it was created as such, to be fair.
0: It was created as such, yes.
1: Throwing throw enough billions of dollars at something mm-hmm. and suddenly like, you know, well, they've got to take protocol security and, and, and stability a little more seriously and so you've seen they've really, you know, up their game, they They've got some newer version of code out there, and I'm sure it works much better and the network's smoother. But for the longest time, you couldn't even really transact on it because it just didn't mm-hmm. <laughs> um, So like, I just don't, I don't have this like big Dogecoin love or history. There's no know.
0: romance here.
1: And, yeah. Um, <laughs> Can I, you
0: give it credit for lasting I mean, as long I mean, as it has, despite yeah. being a joke?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's. <laughs> that's it's impressive there's a number, a number of them out there but you're right yeah. like it, it is for as old as it is and it's it's, it's got a huge huge fan base um yeah. and, and it doesn't have to include Litecoin either although i would expect it to because bitcoin works you know it's it's the longest running altcoin that i'm aware of uh, it, you know it, it's always just worked And I, like everywhere that accepts bitcoin and one other coin or, you know, at least one on the coin, well, they end up accepting, my like, coin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash. Those, mm-hmm. to me, are, like, the big four adopted cryptos
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and, and, like, if you were to ask me which ones I think would, would hang around for a while, those would be then. You know, Bitcoin Cash is kind of dying off. Uh, yeah. At least the other three are there. Um, but regardless of how many there are and which ones there are, uh, until we get some kind of technology that, that will... Um, Handle the world's transaction volume in a decentralized manner I think we're gonna have to live in a multi-coin future if we want any chance of overthrowing fiat And so from there, it's how does that work? Well, I have ideas of how I would expect that to work I would expect there to be whether it's a local uh, currency or um, Or base everything off of Bitcoin or some other Currency, I would expect uh, people to be able to store in their wallet a certain value um, and uh, you know a certain a certain amount of wealth, whatever they, that's what measured in, it could be stored in various different coins on their wallet and not have them necessarily know about it. And I would hope that you would be able to buy something when you pay for something. You could perform atomic swaps in the background based on. Going mm-hmm. rates, we need a, a lot of liquidity there and some stable price relationships—not fixed, but stable price relationships uh, between the various coins for that to work. But I, I would hope that in the future, if we are going to have a multi-coin future, and that's a big if, if we're going to, um, I would I would hope that translation between them would happen automatically through, True. you know, decentralized mechanisms. And this is being very uh Very optimistic because realistically, mm-hmm. what will happen is we will have centralized custodians that deal with all this. Mm-hmm. But I would love that not to be the case, um, right. and we have you know decentralized swaps or some sort of of way of transferring or you know just like even if we send all three coins or something uh, at the same time, like the the buy, you know the you have to if you only have you know some litecoin, some dogecoin, some bitcoin in your wallet, and it can some combination of those three to send their correct amount of value Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know that just happened automatically i i don't see a future where people are kind of like calculating on the fly well i know they want four bitcoin but i have 60 litecoin and maybe we can That'd be about like, you know, yeah, that would be a headache. But whatever. No, that's, that's <laughs> not. nobody's doing that. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, there's going to be one that they understand. It's probably going to be U S dollar or something. like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and it could be local and it could mm-hmm. be, it could even be the digital currency of local, you know, each country has its own or each town or each state, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. size geographical region has its own. you think in value based on that. right? Um, and then, uh, like I would expect the conversions to happen on. Just that. denominations. Then you yeah. have the problem if you're storing a really weak currency that maybe inflates a lot faster than others. You have value loss. Uh, but ideally, you wouldn't be sticking to ones that are more stable in value. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I okay. don't have it really worked out, but uh, I, I think that um, I think that if we were going to really support, you know, all, all of the um, transactional value in the world. You're going to have to have some sort of automatic mechanisms for, for, um, for dealing with multiple assets without having to burden the user with all of the thought yes.
0: processes. That. Absolutely agree on evolving a user experience to accommodate, um, but maybe it's the underlying structures again denominated in a local or something else. I agree with you. I think we're head in that direction, and in a free system, if permitted, we will have a solution. And then if we choose one, for example, if we choose Bitcoin, then there it is. But it's it's a it's a voluntary choice that says this currency works the best because of it is what it is and it's self-evident, mm-hmm. and there's no real. You know excesses of propaganda. You know to promote it. That's where I, I argue with some of the maximalist Austrians because I don't think they're compatible. But unfortunately, they're looking similar these days. Again, the louder voices, the louder. The voices. maximalists are yes
1: <laughs> they're focused on personal personal yeah. know, financial gain, almost always. Almost always. Assume that everybody in this space is, is doing that unless clear yeah. otherwise. Like this. Most people yeah. in the space are. I mean, they, they do only care about their own personal finance. It's, there's not a, but it is a good, good majority. Uh, so yeah. You've really got to take everything with a grain of salt, especially yeah. with the loud influencers. The more, the more followers, <laughs> the more grain of salt.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how about this? David, we will switch to the Q&A, and then we'll land the plane. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. So this came in from Twitter on the 84 million Twitter. Uh, this is from Sick. Psych XL. When will everything be available to implement on mobile wallet, wallets? Thanks. Appreciate it. We kind of talked about that.
1: It's out there. I mean, it's not released. I'm working on a, so there's going to be two releases coming. So We just had a release uh, that had just one security fix based on some vulnerability that may exist. I don't know anything about it other than I was told this is an important fix and it seemed like an important fix. Bitcoin has had it on their network for a while, so we Mm -hmm. released it. We took their word, uh, and so we released a new new version of Litecoin that has some uh, security fix around uh, the a few peer-to-peer messages that take place. So, you if you if you haven't upgraded yet, you should. Mm -hmm. Um, So that just came out, but there's I'm uh, working on a release now that has a lot of bug fixes for. M-Web, uh, some of them are just more technical based, like the build process, but then there's some around the wallet that, um, like, you know, with, with uh, there's one bug where um, when you, like, uh, when you go and sync a wallet from the same, like, a backup copy of your wallet that back, sometimes the balances don't match. It's because it <laughs> like, the wrong, um, like, the change isn't identified correctly or something. There's various UI bugs and, and things like that that came about from, from Edweb, especially on the wallet side, which okay. is much more complex. So there's, there's a release coming out with that. And then um, after that, we're going to be, uh, we're, we're gonna try to get a new release out on, um, based on the latest Bitcoin uh, release, which uh, 25 will probably be out then, but this is going to be based off 24, version 24 of Bitcoin's code. You know, add Litecoin on top, add M1 on top, and then on top of that, we also have uh, the new enhancements there. That's where the uh, the mobile wallet stuff uh, will be, and that's where the hardware wallet APIs <laughs> will be. That's all on yeah, version, yeah, the version. The the next major release is coming out. I don't have an exact date for that, but um, when it's ready. Uh, but like the the code is out there. If if someone wants to build off of it for their wallet. or Not, not so much for the hardware wallet side, but for the, for the light wallet side, for the mobile wallet side. That stuff's out there. They could at least start experimenting with, uh, give us feedback, tell us ways we can improve it before we actually release all that. Um, but but it, is, it is available.
0: Next queue, Master BTC LTC Shan Ballou, what would it take to add Mweb to Trezor or Ledger?
1: That was the hardware wallet side. Um, we just have some some APIs that uh, it, it's based off of uh, um, like a, a special. There's like a special serialization format for Bitcoin, transaction, for Bitcoin transactions, for Litecoin transactions that hardware wallets are that hardware wallet to use. And I added an MWeb to it, and I'm testing it now. It's kind of complex. It's bad. There's there's kind of um, I don't know. I, I don't like how it turned out, so I, I keep changing it. But
0: uh, <laughs> I'm honing in on
1: on a final product there for that. But it, it's just APIs is what's missing, mm. and uh, those will be released in that, that release I'm talking about. And then it's just a matter of
0: those You're hardware wallet
1: companies yeah. or some you know some open source developer out there writing the the. Yeah, the, the actual specialized hardware wallet. Yeah.
0: Yep. Hopefully Exodus too. I know they've had a lot of favorable things to say over the past year plus about Litecoin, so I think we have friends in Exodus too. Um, Metafungible, status on coin swaps?
1: Uh, oh, coin swaps, coin swaps, yeah. Um, so I've seen, I, I don't know if, uh, what the current status is on Grin, but Uh, was the guy working on it. He has, um, from last I saw, there was, there was like a fully functional coin swap service out there for, for Grin. Mm -hmm. Um, we would have to make some changes in order to support it, but, um, nothing crazy from what I could tell. It looked like we could, um, just basically we have non-interactive transactions. We have to add the stealth address portion, but, um. It could be added from what i could tell I, I i haven't officially got through all this but like i just based on some back envelope stuff like it looked like we could add ours pretty easily onto that um just just in, in addition to existing fields out there for how it works i think we can easily add uh, non-interactive transactions to how that's done so um you know, we could, we could just base it off their code. I don't think it's anything that would be a serious undertaking. I just, I'm busy with other stuff as the owners that haven't. But I think um, that, is a, that is an important thing for once, once we do have mobile support out there and we get real MWeb adoption. I think that'll be a good time to really look into coin swaps. And I, I don't think that'll take long. Agreed. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, from Indigo Nakamoto, he's got three. Uh, what is the min and max size for an, M- M- for an MWeb block? How does the M web block size get adjusted? And is it possible to do an atomic swap or submarine swap with mweb?
1: Okay. Um a maximum block for M web is roughly 20 megs. Um, it's more weight, It's actually weight based. Uh, we have various weights we assign to different transaction components. Uh, so these these are estimates. But based on how transactions are built, it would be the absolute max would be something like 20 meg. There's currently a soft limit uh, that at least those using Litecoin Core won't build a block that's over two megs. Two-ish makes. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's twenty thousand weight, but it, it comes out to just over two meg. Um, that's how like Bitcoin was launched too. Like it was, it would only make uh, two hundred fifty kilobyte blocks at the beginning. It would support up to a meg, uh, but you know, only you know, only by default would, would mine two hundred fifty kilobytes. There's nothing preventing the miner from just ignoring that. And a lot of them can write their own code, so it's not a big deal. Like they could just go straight to the 20 megs, but, um, but uh, yeah, the, at the consensus layer, this, it's roughly 20 megs for a block. Um, and at the, uh, you know, but at, at the minor level, the default minor out there that we know that we coded is, is 2 megs mm. um, max. And then was there something about the transaction size or just, just asking
0: about how does the mWeb block size get adjusted, and is it uh, possible to do an atomic swap or submarine swap with mWeb?
1: So block adjusted, so we we don't you like twenty something meg is is the max. Uh, you, there's no adjustment to that without a hard fork. Uh, but you know we, you know we, we target two meg's or less with the the very little control we have over that, which is to just basically encourage miners not to not to make it over two meg's. Um, and, until we need more size there. Um, and then atomic swaps. I don't, I don't know much about submarine swaps. Uh, I, I never really dug into the tech around Lightning Network. I, I, I did, like, I, you know, for Lightning, basic Lightning transactions, I understand, and the basic payment channels, and, and mm-hmm. uh, even some of the newer ways, the L2 and other technologies. But, like, as far as the various swaps out there, there's so many different. I don't remember, I don't even remember what submarine swaps are uh, exactly um, unfortunately I don't have the time to keep up with all of the, the many different fancy like academic only uh, like technologies being created out there that don't seem to be used anywhere unfortunately um, but swaps are definitely possible from and uh, you could swap with you, you could do a swap with regular Litecoin, oddly enough, um, even though you can just peg in and out, like you've been maybe privacy advantages is doing a swap mm-hmm. with someone instead. Uh, you could swap with uh, other coins. You could swap with Bitcoin. You could swap, I think you could swap with uh, Monero because they have swaps now. Pretty much anything you swap Bitcoin that you can swap Ember with. Uh, we have just enough flexibility in those transactions that you can, yeah, you do all kinds of different things. You could have a lightning network on mWeb that you know wow. it's entirely on M- mWeb uh, has um, you know hidden amounts addresses wow. things like that. Uh, it would it would take some work uh, mm-hmm. to tie you know to have someone younger, but you <laughs> can uh, definitely build an entire lightning network that's on top of mWeb. Uh, so there's there's all kinds of different you you can do all Almost all of the like the um, the, the third party or not, the the like second layer uh, third layer type swaps and, and other things that you can do on Bitcoin you can do almost all of them on M Web whether because there's enough scripting cap well there's not really any scripting capability but there's like you scriptless scripts and, and there's enough uh, fancy crypto like. Solutions out there that you can you can piece enough together to, to accomplish all of those same tasks.
0: Let's see what do we have next. We have two more questions. Um, this is from Bake the Crypto. Did you get paid? I don't know. Eight, I know there I, I know there was like a, a QR code to support your endeavors, and if from you have work? one for donations, let us know because yeah. we can share so, it. But I think that's right. what he means.
1: So early on, yeah. It was, um, so I. There is an M-Web fund that, yeah. early on, was um, like funded by the community and uh, like there there was lots of donations that came in and it, it, it paid for the first two and a half you know it paid for all development up until release. Mm-hmm. Since then, it's been really hard to get donations. Mm-hmm. Charlie has covered uh, the the gap since then, but. It would be really great if I didn't have to rely on yeah. you know, a single person funding this. E-
0: uh, email me uh your your uh if you have a tweet or if it's just an address and I'll put it in the the show notes. Yeah, there's
1: there's a, a Litecoin talk post about it with the uh MLP dedicated fund here. I will send it to you though. You
0: that sounds good. It. So you did get some compensation. There is a yeah, fund that's there's, open. There's, there's and... a
1: fund, yeah, I, I was I was paying to work part time on this for for years, and still still paid. Uh Charlie Charlie was matching fund 50-50 with the fund 50 donation that the musicians dried up, and so far he's been funding it ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah. Last question for you, sir. Uh, would David Burkett thirty eight be considering would. Would you consider to contribute to the Digibyte community? So far, that's one Bitcoin fork in which ordinals have not become a polarizing subject.
1: I, I mean, <laughs> they will be. They will be. Uh, it's only a matter i of time. I, I'm, not, I'm not so against ordinals that I'm ready to run away from a chain because they've added them. Like, yeah. spam is a problem on blockchain. <laughs> okay? And spam will exist in various forms on every blockchain. Um, and so, like, running away from the first site of SPA, I'm just not, you know, that's not going to be the thing that gets me to another coin or whatever. Um, it's, no, I'm, I'm, I'm plenty happy I'm that now. Uh, so, a, I see, I'm sure it's a great community, I've come across many members, whatever, but I have no intention of switching to a different, I've got plenty of work here, so. Yeah.
0: Well, good deal. Well, that's the end of our Q&A. Thanks to those who did put in some tweets. Um, David, it's been a pleasure having you. Um, I really appreciate your time this afternoon. I'm looking forward to uploading this one and uh, just letting it be a part of the record (laughs) of what is Litecoin, what is MWeb, your involvement, and and, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So anything you want to end with?
1: No, I, I enjoyed this. Thank you
0: pleasure my friend this is the first of maybe one of one uh 84 million video content but uh you're someone i wanted to talk to personally um i consider you uh i don't know i look forward to meeting you one day (laughs) i didn't make the summit last time and of course you spoke there and uh, you've just done a lot of great work and i think ideologically we can see see some things uh similarly so i appreciate that Um, But thanks for coming on. Uh, If anybody doesn't know how to find this gentleman, uh, he's at DavidBurkett38 on Twitter. That's how I found you. Um, Is there any other channels you want to share, David?
1: Uh, I mean, on Telegram and everywhere else, but be patient. I'm really far behind on communication. Like, I can't express just how far behind I am. We're talking months. If if you sent me a a message in the past and I never responded, it's not because I hate you. Send it again. And again and again <laughs> but i will get back
0: eventually you're wow. here, here well it was a pleasure sir uh, enjoy your evening and uh we'll talk to you soon all right thanks all right thank you david bye-bye